it wasn't even like it was close. It was a landslide victory. Game. Blouses. Three months removed from the midterm elections, the actual midterm elections, we're moving on to an election that's pretty much more inconsequential when it comes to the uh, voting of the people. Uh, and that's the All-Star game. About a month away. Uh, Carl, how are we doing, man? Oh, doing well, doing well. Excited. Um, hopefully this is uh, something that we can talk about our votes only one time. We don't have to, you know, do a whole Speaker of the House thing and, you know, keep bringing it up. So I think we've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good list of guys here that should be the starters and getting ready to get into, you know, kind of why, you know, why these guys are all stars, the seasons they're having. And so I'm excited just to talk about basketball with you guys. We got to figure out at some point, though, like who the Kevin McCarthy of the all-star vote is. I would wager because like Andrew Wiggins is up there again this year in the fan vote. Austin Reeves is up there in the fan vote. Uh, AD, despite being hurt for most of the first half of the season, or at least what feels like most of the first half of the season is up there in the fan vote, even though he was playing some of the best basketball of his career. There's a Kevin McCarthy in there somewhere where no matter how many rounds of fan voting get released, like they are always going to be in the top 10. I would probably lean towards like any Warriors player ever. Yeah. Any Warriors player ever. Um, well, not quite now, but CJ McCollum was always like cusper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Every year. So, you know, he never, you know, if only he would have got that one to get him in. But inverse uh, Kevin McCarthy is without a doubt. Kyle Korver in like 2015 when he had the 50 40 90 season and made the all-star game averaging like 12 points but he was just like so lights out from the perimeter that he was he was a guaranteed I give us it was a no no question like he had to be in the all-star game I feel like he's the inverse Kevin McCarthy fair fair (laughs) all right let's get let's get into it I we're just gonna do ballots um five apiece Two backcourt players, three frontcourt players. Um, we have quite a bit in common, actually. I think there's only a difference of like two players. Um, let's start in the West. There's there's only one. There's literally one difference, and I actually think we would agree on the difference pretty much, um, more so on my end. Uh, Carl, go ahead and rattle them off. All right. So, uh, yeah, frontcourt, looking at LeBron. I mean, really just self-explanatory, just automatically in there. Um, been playing amazing basketball even since his latest birthday, which is insane. Uh, Jokic, too easy. That's another one. You know, you see what he does on a daily basis out there um, in Denver. And then Zion, who's had – so Zion's an interesting one where it's – for me, I think from talent-wise and production-wise, it's a no-brainer. But you can make some arguments about maybe missed games here or there, things like that. I'll give you that fair argument. But I'd say overall – he, he belongs there as an all-star starter this season. Um, then, you know, good old 77 in the front court – or, sorry, the back court, you got uh, Luka Doncic, um, who's been – basically, it's been like – it's basically, he's basically been put in the position that, like, 06 Kobe was put in. <laughs> just, <laughs> just dragging these guys along to some of the most entertaining victories of the season. By far, just outpacing most of the players in the league easy starter there 36 point per game hardened pretty much too with just a slight with a worse supporting cast yeah exactly just it's it is ridiculous you know like we're having to rely on some of the guys that 
he has to trust to help win games. Like most superstars would be trying to force their way out by now. Um, but he's doing a great job down there. And then where we differ um, is at the other at the other guard spot. Um, I have uh, Shea Gillis Alexander, good old SGA, who's having. We thought we had we thought we had a breakout season from him last year, and then we just he just took it to another level this year. I mean, making it seem where like I personally think that if you're, you know, we've been saying OKC like with all these draft picks, like wait on it, wait on it, wait on it. You got SGA, but now you have to start thinking like maybe that timeline's a little sooner than they, you know, than they than they probably thought it was initially with how good he's playing, and you know, gonna throw a little Josh Giddy in there, even though we're talking about an individual all star like with those guys and. That's why I think he deserves to be in the spot this year because I personally believe that he has changed the timeline of an entire franchise this season. Um, just off the way that he's playing, you see it everything like just facilitating an offense. You can't stop him. He gets wherever he wants to the wherever he wants on the court. I mean, he's clutch. He hits game winners. Like this man needs to be a starter in the All Star game. Yeah, and I actually, I actually do agree with that. There, the differentiation is really just more so, uh, I would say, a fan interest I would chalk it up as. But I, I kind of want to get back to LeBron. So my, my ballot looks very similar. It's it's LeBron, it's Jokic, um, and Zion in the front court. I think if Zion is either unable to go or if – I mean, I do think there's a fair alternative where if he wanted to vote like Domas Sabonis in his spot, like that's completely fair. I think Domas Sabonis has gotten like the least amount of shine out of anybody that probably should be an all-star this year. Um, especially with, I mean, one with where the Kings are, but two, like he's been putting up some pretty incredible numbers, like also in the name of winning, like just the other night, he's 19, 15 and 16, like two steals, two blocks. And according to stat news, very stat news, like stat says he's, uh, that's the first stat line since like Larry Bird did that. Um, I mean, he, he has been the engine that makes the Kings go. I mean, I know De'Aaron Fox has gotten a lot of mention, um, but between Sabonis, like defensively, like pretty good anchoring the paint. Um, but he, he is someone who is legitimately, they are able to run their offense through. Um, and it's been, it's been pretty incredible, but my, I have, I have a similar front court with, with Jokic, who's, who's probably the favorite to win his third straight MVP LeBron, who, I mean, there is, this is abs, it's absolutely incredible. He's averaging 33, 8, and 7 in his last 15 games with with like most of those without AD. Um, and I think the biggest, the, like the craziest part of that, in my opinion, is the fact that he's shooting about, you know, 20, 22 shots a game and his true shooting percentage is 62%. Like he doesn't have a lot of help in in LA. Like he just, he does not have a lot of help. Um, and when you're able to average 33, 8, and 7 on 62% true shooting, and you're winning games when your second best player is Russell Westbrook, like, I don't know if people saw the last possession of their last game when Russell Westbrook just completely thought that it was it was his to lose. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. It's, it, it's remarkable, like, what he's been doing. And, I mean, he's 38. So... I like there's there's zero signs that this man is slowing down. Like he can probably play till he's 44, 45 and be just fine. You you can't not vote him as an all-star this year. And I honestly think he should probably be getting more looks at, for MVP as well. Uh the, the fact that the Lakers don't have five wins right now is completely all LeBron James. 
Um, and it's 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 not even close. The Lakers need to find him some help at the deadline um, with AD ramping up, coming back from injury as well. Um, he is he he is 100 percent an all star. And if they don't make a trade at the deadline, I'm saying that my oblique hurts and I'm out for the rest of the year. If I'm LeBron. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's just it's getting it's getting horrible at this point. He, he does need some help. It, like it's just it's still just so amazing that death taxes and LeBron are like the three inevitable things that we're going to see in life. Like just even as and the wild thing is, is like there's no sign of him slowing down on the basketball front. And yet we've seen like the physical tools like still hasn't. But like, have you know, he's declined a little bit in speed and stuff like that. And we've been waiting for people have been waiting for years. The haters especially have been waiting for years to see that happen. Because like, oh, what's going to happen when he starts physically going down? It's like, no, the basketball IQ and everything just keeps improving every single year. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm 100% with you on LeBron. And, I mean, I know he wants to stay until, I believe, Bronny's in the league. I mean, he might be able to play a couple oh, years. Oh, for out. sure. It's no question. No question. And the, the craziest part about, like, league average of true shooting is about 54%. He's at he's at 62. And the craziest part about that is he's not shooting well from three this year at all. Like he's he's been pretty bad beyond the perimeter, um, like objectively speaking. But he's finding a way to get to the basket and his passing is as good as it's ever been, especially on the fast break. Um, and because of that, like he's just able to create more for himself despite not shooting well from three. It's it's incredible to watch. He's having his way out there despite having pieces around him where teams really, frankly speaking, don't have to guard super close. Um, so LeBron, no question. Jokic, I, I, again, I think it, that's pretty self-explanatory. I think heading into last night, they were 14 and three in their last 17. Um, they have, a, they have a pretty sizable home winning streak. Uh, man, he he also is just not slowing down. I mean, we'll see if they can get it done in the playoffs this year. Jamal Murray's kind of hitting his stride. Um, but I, I, I think Denver is is clearly, you know, they're number one in the West. I think they're for sure in that in that contender territory, hot take. Um and, and then yeah, Zion. I mean, it, uh, Zion, it, it was only a matter of time, man, before Zion is gonna was gonna be an all-star. I, I'll move on to our difference though. I, I had Anthony Edwards as my other backcourt piece. Um I and I think SGA is going to make it. I think he's very deserving. Uh, OKC, again, another team that should probably have three or four wins. Um, but the reason that they don't is because of this man that's averaging 30 points a game. Um, I have Anthony Edwards just because he's become a franchise player. I, you know, Heading into this year, there were definitely some, some concerns as to like, okay, I think this is still kind of – I still think this is maybe Cat's franchise just because – there's some strides that Edwards needed to take on the playmaking front, uh, on the off-ball defense front, on the rebounding front. Um, just kind of some little things that young players, like, frankly miss, um, especially when you're on a playoff caliber team. Like, you need to be able to do those things in order for it to be your team. Um, he's done all of those things now. Uh, it, like, it, the there's not really a debate anymore. In his last 15 games, he's he's averaging 25, 6, and 4. Um, he it, The Wolves have won six of their last seven. They beat the Cavaliers on Saturday, the full strength Cavaliers. Um, and and they're they're finally starting to come on a little bit. And and the reason for that, I believe, is Anthony Edwards has become the number one player. Uh and and so when you're when you're in playoff range, he's 21 years old. Um, 
I just voted for him because I think he's deserving of an all-star appearance. Not necessarily that it's over SGA. I, I don't have that feeling whatsoever. You're only able to vote for five people. And um, man, Anthony Edwards deserves a spot. I think right. I think right now he's probably on that fringe, like that 10 spot, that nine spot. Um, so yeah. I, 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 I really don't know if he will get in, but I really hope he does. So I actually completely agree with like him being on that French spot. I mean, there really haven't been, I mean, that's kind of the trend in what I feel like is like someone who's looking for this first start as an all-star is like, it's a lot of, there's a couple guys who are making that jump as being you know, franchise players that we're seeing this year. Um, there's some both on East and West and like Anthony Edwards is one of those guys. I mean, for me, it's for him. Uh, I mean, I have to go, I, I go SGA just more so there's, more of a clean leadership of like you know, throughout the entire season, like his role. That's kind of my main defining factor of it. Um, but you look at Anthony Edwards, like the entire game is his, which is amazing to say. Um, when people were having doubts about his love of the game, um, yeah, coming out of, uh, coming out of college, which I to anyone who ever doubted that and saw that video of him at Georgia, like just taking shots after the game that they lost, after like he would lose games and he would just go just take shots post game. I was like, yeah, there's there's not even a chance um isn't that crazy yeah and so like seeing just kind of his, seeing his progression has been insane but just he is going to be one of the most unguardable players in the nba like for uh, like the foreseeable future like there's just nothing you can do with him and then once the like as the playmaking develops like yeah just, that's the key and that's what's been that's what's been so big in his game is just being able to develop the, the playmaking sense like he still has he still has to be able to like play the pick and roll a little bit better. I don't think he's really ever done that in his basketball career. Like ha- actually like being like having the pick and roll being a necessity, like in high school, he just did whatever he wanted. Georgia, he he didn't really have like a true dive big. He was taking a bunch of step backs and then he comes into the league and like Chronicle Towns and Nas Reed are his centers who aren't, you know, Nas Reed's become a little bit higher volume of a pick and roll player this year, but he wasn't initially, he just never really played a lot of pick and roll. And so I think he needs to, I think he needs to adapt to that, but, I mean that's that's what's been that's what's been the key factor in his game is just being able to develop his passing, um, and that's that's opened up a lot of lanes for for his shot. I think you pointed out an interesting thing about SGA as well. Um, he he's also on the on the radar as like needing some help. I think it's time for the Thunder to really think about potentially going into win now mode. I I I, I personally am in favor of bundling Chet and some of their first round picks for a piece to go next to SGA. Like if you have your guy, like you have your guy, OKC, like he, he is the one, I mean, you, you, you stock up all of these first round picks to just get shots on net in terms of being able to, to get a franchise player. Like you got a bunch of picks left and you have your franchise player, like go find some players to put around him because Kenrich Williams starting is not it. Like, yeah. go find it, another all-star. It's that, it is, like, it is past, like, it is that time where, I mean, so one of my biggest things when we get into, like, draft debates here and there is I go, so if you have a defined superstar on your team, the talent you need in the league, the talent you need to win in the NBA, like, yes, you can go and try to pick up the mystery box that is some player in a draft, but, like, usually you know which players can help you win. They're already in the NBA. Once you've identified the hardest thing to find, which is that guy, you can go and do that. And I would, you know, if you're OKC, like 
there's guys a lot of guys out there that you could go out and just grab and put next to Shea. Like you got a lot of options. You got those draft picks that you know that you've been stockpiling for years. And would you want to even risk like missing on some of these at this point, or just go get guys that you know that can mesh with him now? Um, maybe I'd say. Well, maybe I was going to get through. I think it's this offseason that's a big one because then you're going to start running the risk of all right, if this has been happening for too long in his career. Yeah, like, right. You know, so, like, it's not quite up front yet, but that's something that they have to keep in mind is that like they have to they have to fully commit to this being, you know, Shea and the rest of the guys um, before it gets to that point. We've seen it happen with a bunch of superstars. So, like, I don't know if he's quite there yet where he realizes that's like he probably realizes that's who he is. So, like, at some point, that's going to be a conversation that they have to seriously sit down and have. Um, and then I guess from there, you're just switching conferences. Yeah, I, that, I'm good with that. I, I the one thing I did want to add though is just in the off season, I think there are some really sneaky moves on the margins that the that the Thunder could make that could be really really crafty around him. Like Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder's contract is set to expire this year, man. Like they could get they could bring him in. Miles Turner, I bet they could work out like a sign and trade option for him because they need rim protection. They play way too small right now. Like. There are some moves where like you could find players for a pretty reasonable rate. And then like if you want to put a, a star wing next to Shea, because you, you see like the guard wing thing te- typically works with stars. And then you find good players that you can put in the front court. You can play Jay Crowder at the four. And I think he brings kind of the veteran toughness that you kind of need on a team like that. Uh, there's a lot of and they have so much cap space to play with, man. Like they're they are a very intriguing team this offseason. And I think they maybe need to look forward at 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 speeding that cycle up but i'll yeah so let's let's switch conferences all right all right um let's see what are our major differences in this one is it just the Embiid one i believe yes yep. yeah so uh yeah so backcourt mitchell halliburton we'll, we'll yep. definitely get you guys that's uh those were those were just way those are way too easy for me um front court durant i've got Embiid. And also got Giannis, um, and then the re, you know, where we differ, Andrews. You know, same with the guards. It's that uh, you got what Tatum going who actually Tatum. has a 50. Yeah. Which yeah, and which everybody's ballot. I feel like should have some version of those four. Um, we'll see if KD is able to play in the All Star game or if he even wants to play in the All Star game with his injury. But uh, because I think he's gonna, it's about a month that he's gonna be reevaluated. So I don't necessarily know if the timeline's gonna even work out. So I think by default maybe Embiid starts. Um, I mean, really for me, the only tiebreaker, the, the tiebreaker for me was the fact that Embiid goes to the line like 11 times a game. Uh, <laughs> like he's incredible. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to put Tatum in over him just because Tatum is, uh, just, he, he continues to progress defensively. Um, and I feel like he is now certifiably like in that top five conversation. Um, he's, he's average. I mean, he's shooting about 60% from the field, true shooting percentage. I always go by true shooting percentage because he, because he's a volume scorer. He takes 20 shots a game. Um, but, I mean, it's impressive. And and the Celtics are Celtics are the best team in the league. Um, he's the best player on the best team. He's efficient. Um, and and he closes he closes games out down the stretch. Like, Jalen Brown's normally the one. Like, if he ever tapers off in the middle of the game, Jalen Brown kind of picks him up a little bit. But um, towards the end of the game, man, the ball ends up in Jason Tatum's hands. And yep. he, has, he has consistently taken home – the best team in the league. Um, and, and, and that deserves an all-star nod. Um, but 
that 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 at least that's my rationale. And then and then just in the backcourt, I'll let you kick over to front court. I'm done. Just I, Donovan Mitchell again, sixty two percent true shooting. I mean, he's again a volume scorer, like someone who's just been. And another thing about Mitchell's game is his playmaking has progressed a ton this year. He has more weapons around him than he did in Utah, but um, his his playmaking has gotten worlds better. I will say it's definitely with the the playmakers around him because even in Utah he was probably one of the most underrated passers in the league. Like uh, there they was, were better when he was ran point in Utah. Yeah, like there are a few guys that mine. Well, his his greatest thing in Utah was the way that he could hit the hit the opposite corners as a point guard. Which you talk about guys that do that. It's like Chris Paul, yada yada. Like, like those are always great guards, and he just I don't know what I mean. Like maybe if it was Joe Ingles over there, like they were going in, but like he just didn't have the the people around him to really have that show in his numbers. Yeah, um, so finally see that out of him. And then number one, um, obviously the highest career high in the league, just snatching that from Devin Booker. I love that uh, for the for the narratives that we have uh, we have discussed between those two players. Um, it's just been like just. I mean, this is everything that we thought we would get out of him from uh, from Utah, like getting like getting into that system, playing with you know, like, like it is it, it's just such a great fit for what like for what he does, um, more so than uh, what Utah was. Like, I'm not even going to go on the whole Rudy Gobert thing. I think more so is like the way that the system was designed, just yeah, give him the freedom to be himself the entire time. They had no defenders around him either. I mean, he was really their only wing defender. And and because of that, his last two years, like his defense dramatically declined. I mean, yeah. he, he was really good his first couple of years. He's, his first year, he built his career on defense. And then as he just continued to have older wings around him that were maybe more crafty defenders, but not very athletic. Um, I mean, they, they clearly just had a bunch of leaks in the boat. And um, he, he eventually became one. This is a perfect situation for him. Um, and then I'll let I'll let you go a little bit more. But then just the side, just a side note, because you mentioned Devin Booker, uh, his case for MVP is the Suns without him. <laughs> I mean, holy shit, man, they are so bad right now. Um, I mean, he he is one. He, I think he'd be in the conversation as a starter for the West if he stayed healthy. But man, this Suns team is absolutely dreadful. Uh, they, 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 they can't play. They can't play without him. He, he's their guy. He's their closer. Um, but I just want to make that side comment because I know because there is there's there's a little bit of a narrative there, and oh, yeah, they, they do not know how to play basketball without Devin Booker being on that team. Oh, it's horrible! It's horrible. You can't act like Chris Paul is Chris Paul being out is what impacts them. It's it, the whole Devin Booker thing, man. They they absolutely need him back, or they might even miss the play-in. Yeah, and then um, keep going. I well, I hope we got a little bit of a Western Conference thing in here in the middle of our uh, our Eastern. Uh, I know. And, uh, All-Stars here. So I'm going to go back to it. Um, Halliburton, sorry, Wally Zerbiak. Um, we do think that he's an All-Star. I don't – I it's it's pretty plain and clear to see that he, – he's also another one of those guys. Uh, it's almost – it's kind of similar to, like, to Shea in a sense where I was like – where every time I think that he can't get any better, he seems to get any, he seems to get better every single game. And so Halliburton just – it's, you know, like I – I, I can't really – I don't really think that – so the main reason I have him here, because we're going to have the whole Jalen Brown discussion, which we have to in this case, is he is the – like, he's the guy, he's the engine. There's no other half really there. Like, right. All him. And I might – you know, that might be part of my biases. I like to see guys who tend to carry a lot more of that weight get rewarded in all-star voting. And this is not a knock on JB. Um, and that's kind of the reason I have, you know, 
uh, like kind of the reason I have like neither JB nor Tatum in here where I kind of have them as like two halves of a whole, despite Jason Tatum currently scoring 50 points as we're filming this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's really where, um, that's why I have uh, Halliburton there. Um, and then front court, I I'm basically with you. Um, so I'm for Embiid in kind of the same sense of the reason you're against Embiid. Whereas I see him going to line as much as just, it's just recognition that, hey, I mean, he gets some superstar calls. I'm not going to deny that. But also, that, oh, he absolutely does. There's no one that can stay in front of him as well. So their hands are going to be all over him. Um, and then, I mean, Giannis is a no brainer too. Kevin Durant is still an interesting one because he deserves it to get that starting spot um, voting. And we think, like, I'm pretty sure that whoever whoever misses out, like whoever's that fourth guy out in the front court, like gets that starting spot. So, uh, I mean, it's more of just like a recognition thing just to like, because his, because his season this year has been insane. The things that he's doing, like he can't even get to the basket like he used to. And that's very visible. It's also, it's kind of sad to see in a sense, but it's so awesome because we've seen him just like, he is in, he's a full all-star on tough shots. Yeah, but what exactly what he does is he just continues to adapt, man. Like he has he has an unlimited bag when it comes to like all his setup moves, like how he gets to his spots. Like he still gets to his spots, no problem. Like those elbow jumpers, like he he's completely pure on still. Yeah. And he just he will continue to adapt his game until he's like again 38. Like he he will always be able to hit shots. And he's always going to be unguardable because you don't have an ideal matchup for him ever. Um, and also the Nets, like up until he got hurt, were one of the best teams in basketball. They had won like 13 straight games. Um, and he was the reason for that. I, I just the the narrative going around that he's like a higher gun at this point and he didn't really make too much of an impact in winning. Uh, those people quickly shut up and uh dude he he is he he's absolutely deserving of an all-star spot but again not sure if he's going to be able to play uh i think the other thing and moving back to halliburton one he's averaging 20 and 10 two the paces are in the playoff race uh three he is also over 60 percent true shooting this year so it's not like he's like going down and chucking or, or it's not like he's russell westbrook like he is an efficient point guard that gets his team involved and full stop like just makes everybody around him better like miles turner has been really good this year like the players off the bench duarte like really good this year um at least maybe not box score wise but they're making an impact because halliburton makes everybody better so do we talk benedict yet off the bench right off the bench is he or is he kind of six man-ish yeah he's six man-ish but i mean benedict's benedict is pretty i mean that one's pretty obvious. I think there's a lot of unsung heroes too in the in the Indiana thing, yeah. um, and I think like it it just Halberton's kind of the puzzle piece that just makes everybody around him better. Um, and whether they get rid of Turner or not, I mean, I would actually personally lobby for them to not get rid of Miles Turner because I think that they've they've shown some rapport. I think they've they've been a lot better this year. Um, but who knows, man? I, I I'm I'm a big fan of that. I I love the pick. Um, I think it should be Mitchell and Halliburton in the backcourt. I think Jalen Brown's probably going to make it as well. But like you said, I, I'm with you on that, where it's like he's he's I mean, he's the one B or the number two. Um, and if you got a, if you got players in the playoff race, they're the number ones that are kind of driving their teams. Uh, it's Halliburton, it's Halliburton and Mitchell, man. And it, it's 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 not even really close either. 
yeah, not even not even really close to me. Um, and then really just from there, it's like I'm just kind of taking a look at the uh, like what we've got up there, and then I mean everyone that we've mentioned for the most part will be an all star. Like we're just you know it's just yeah. starter at this point. Like we're gonna see both the like both those guys get in. Um, we'll probably have to have another. You know, can't wait to talk about snubs when eventually when that comes down. That's going to be really really fun. Um, it definitely will be. And I think uh, I think I would go. I would just mention Savonis again, and then I think Markinen. I think like if 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 you don't yeah. vote if you don't vote Zion, like I think Markinen probably deserves his shot too. Again, just another team that was said to maybe be tanking heading into the year, but has just objectively elevated their team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I feel like Savonis got more love when he was an All Star. Um, I forgot how he got in. I don't know if it was like reserve or not reserve. If it was like through votes or if it was through like whatever. But when he was an all star with the Pacers, um, mm-hmm. years ago, like I felt like there was more talk around the season he was having then, and I was like, he's better right now. Yeah, in yep. the white. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the other thing too is like, I think the overarching point is like we went a podcast talking about our all star ballots without mentioning like Ja Morant or Devin Booker or like any of these players that are just elite that are all stars already pretty much. But um, the league is so good right now that they're you're right. Like the snubs episode is going to be great because there's going to be a lot of players who like five years ago are shoe ins and they're going to be they're going to be left out because there's only so many spots. We haven't even talked. We haven't talked about Damian Lillard yet either. I know the I know the Blazers haven't been good recently. Um yeah. But he's also averaging 27 points a game this year. Like the Blazers started out the year hot. Look at the Clippers. Like Paul George might not be in the All-Star game this year. He's been pretty good this year. Kawhi Leonard may not be in the All-Star game this year. Clippers, I mean, the Clippers have have been decent as of late, but Kawhi's on-off numbers are pretty staggering. Um, there's There are players that are going to be left out of this game that are very much so uh, deserving of being in. Um, I'm not saying Jaw's going to be left out, but we just want a whole podcast without talking about him. Um, and yeah, so it's I mean, it is it's pretty crazy. He'll have he has the fans on his side. He'll get that for sure. And I mean he's been I mean he's been he's been amazing ever since he's come back too. Um, yeah. It's also funny too how the Grizzlies just don't miss a beat without him because Tyus Jones is incredible. Yeah, I want him on the Wolves so bad, man. I want him on the Wolves so bad. He's my perfect point guard for the Wolves. That's so sad, man. He shouldn't be a backup. He shouldn't be a backup. It is going to be amazing seeing just kind of how this all shakes down. Like when you, I mean, also, I mean, we will have a, like, there's probably a, like a even further discussion to have about like what an all-star is in general, where they should kind of just do it all NBA team style. Um, I believe that should be something that they do where it's almost, you know, you know, where they can do that, honor everyone they need to. And then on top of that, at least the game comes back as like the game has come back as like as a somewhat proving ground for all stars over the last couple of years. So I'm looking forward to whoever we have in there. All I know is I'm going to cry if Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins is in. That's all. I. That's that's the only thing I will say on a, on a parting note is if either of those two are in, uh, wrap it up. Fan voting should be abolished as it is. I mean, I get it. It's a fun way to interact. Like it's it's a fun way for fans to get involved. But yeah, man, if if it's if it's Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, man, I'd be, I, it's so sad. It's just it's so sad, man. Yeah. <laughs> Any parting thoughts? Uh, parting thoughts. Um, well, Kuzma just hit a buzzer beater from half court. It's pretty dope. Um, it's gonna be fun when he's playing on playing on some other team. 
either at some point around the deadline or next season um, because I finally have enjoyment in a Wizards player. Well, actually, that's Kristaps, too. Sorry, Kristaps. Um, that's really where it is. A lot of misery there. Um, and then also speaking misery, Mizzou basketball, tough stretches. Um, ah, tough stuff. I had, I had to drop a college in there, and it's really, you know, it was my parting shot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one thing that's that we'll have to get back together on, one thing that will happen even before the All-Star game is the trade deadline on February 9th. Uh, there's going to be some interesting things going down there. Carl, you're, you're definitely going to be one that's going to be watching it very closely just because of the Kuzma stuff. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. I think the Wolves might even, you know, they might make a couple of moves on the margins as well with some expiring contracts that they, they, they may have to get rid of. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to get back together. Um, let's do it before the trade deadline. Maybe get maybe get the Almanac involved. And uh, yeah, let's yeah, let's, we'll have to chop it up a little bit.